Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the third, I guess, act of Take to Take. My name is Luke Burrows, alongside, as per usual, Nicholas Robinson and Patrick Tallon. We're back after two months, almost exactly. Yeah. Uh, our last show was early December, and a lot has changed. How was the break for you two? Very good. Very relaxing. Yeah, got to watch Very lots nice. of hockey, oh, lots yeah. of uh, fun time of year during the break with the World Juniors. And, you know, we had the All-Star game recently, so lots of fun, lots of hockey. Lots of hockey. Okay, so we will get right into it. Uh, we can start with something that we added in recently because it's news today. Uh, Dustin, is it today or yesterday? No, today. today? Just came out. Yeah, Dustin Bufflin uh, obviously had ankle surgery back in October, and then it was announced today that, uh, and I quote from TSN, they are working toward a mutual contract termination over the next several days, according to multiple sources, which would formally end his suspension and bring to a close the grievance Bufflin filed in November. So that basically essentially uh, allows him to become a UFA, which for better or for worse uh, means something for him. Uh, yeah. Thoughts. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't really clear before if it was because he want because it said in the article he was contemplating retirement, but there's also suggestions that he just might not like playing in Winnipeg. Whether or not this is the end of it for him, um, I see people are kind of upset on Twitter. But I think at the end of the day, these are athletes, and if they don't want to play anymore, they have the right to do so. Now, what happened with with the the grievance and all that stuff, I'm not really too familiar with, but I think. At the end of the day, people shouldn't be upset at Bufflin if he wants to do this or if he wants to to play somewhere else. Like it's it's entirely his decision. Yeah, I don't think it was ever that he didn't want to play in Winnipeg. I think a lot of it was he wanted to be compensated for um, missing all the time he did. Um, he wanted to be financially compensated for that because of it supposedly being a legitimate hockey injury. But he did indicate on his year end physical that it was not, and we always knew the NHL was going to battle to protect the legitimacy of that year-end document that players sign off on. So it's not surprising to see that it's ended this way. Um, So what that means for him going forward, we're going to see. He will probably be pretty coveted if he hits the open market all of a sudden because uh, he's got a reputation as a playoff performer and a good player. So that'll help him and give the Winnipeg Jets probably some much-needed cap relief. Yep. Yep. Okay. So... um, as everyone, oh, actually not everyone, as most people know and understand, uh, the decade ended two month, or one month ago. Depends, depends who you ask. Yeah, it depends on who you ask. But for most normal people, uh, we're a month into a new decade. And I think uh, the 2010s for all of us was um, the first full decade that we, uh, you know, kind of paid attention to yep. sport from beginning to end, unless you were watching uh, games when you were zero. Uh, so I want to ask you guys, so there's a few different categories here. I want to start by asking you guys when, so Nick, Ottawa, uh, Pat, Montreal, myself, Vancouver, when do you think your team reached its peak and um, its, I mean, trough, I guess, for the last 10 years? Uh, well, Ottawa's sort of like, that. that's a pretty easy answer. 2016-17 was sort of the peak for the team. That was their farthest playoff run of the decade when they reached the conference final. Um, and they really never even came close to that at any other point in the decade. That's that's definitely their peak. And I guess the absolute bottom of the barrel is what they've been the past couple of years. Can't get worse. If you had that. to narrow it, I mean, Ottawa especially, if you had to narrow it down to like one month, 
one week. One specific moment? Yeah, sure. As soon as they traded Eric Carlson, September yeah. 2018, that was, yeah. that was the bottom. They couldn't get worse than that. Or, you know what? I changed that answer. When they traded Mark Stone on top of that, then there was really yeah. nothing left. Yeah. He was the last one. Yeah. There was really nothing left after that, so... Yeah, that's my answer. Pat? Um, Montreal's had two very similar low points and high points. Uh, 2011 season, um, finished third last, and then they had the third overall pick, and then they went on the run again in 2014. So they went on two similar ones, the one in 2010. Um, And honestly, even though the run in 2014 was so exciting with Price and the whole Kreider thing and the Subban-Boston rivalry, I preferred the 2010 run just because that team wasn't supposed to do anything. That team literally had no one. They rode a hot goalie, and Mike Camilleri played out of his mind, and those games are more... Mike Camilleri legend. Yeah, those games are, to me, were more more exciting. Um, That was probably the high point for me as a fan and just the team, like, just what was going on in Montreal was pretty crazy. Uh, the lowest point, I would just argue the past few seasons of not really knowing what's happening. Um, all the few years when, the, at the start of the decade, it was it was transition years, so I, I guess, um, yeah, the lowest point would be right now because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> that was a very roundabout, roundabout yeah, way to I'm... say Montreal is at its lowest point <laughs> yeah. right now, even though. Okay, you know. whatever. Um, myself, I think... Well, that's pretty obvious for Vancouver, right? The peak, at least. Uh, June 15th, 2011, yeah. at approximately uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. After that, it went downhill. What, what specifically happened at that time? <laughs> and uh, the low point, <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, as some people have heard me say, like Wait, 20... here, I got a, I got a little audio here for the high point. Oh. Do you know how cool that is, Luke? Come on. I need to wait for a call. He, he did the call. They don't do the I haven't heard the bullhorn before the call. That was the weirdest goal. Yeah. Uh, I think that was like the weirdest playoff. Goal. I can remember that. That. Well, well, the, no, that the genuine surprise of the, everybody there because it bounced. It took some crazy. Yeah, bounce. but remember, uh, I think BX's it was, goal in the yeah. conference finals was even crazier. Um, yeah, not like Game Seven overtime. So yeah. obviously, not as, I mean, it did something to the finals. But um, you know who was good at that time was Ottawa Senators soon to be legend Alex Burrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was really good in in Ottawa. So what's the low um, point? No, I I no sorry. I think the low point. Well, I, the low point was the loss against Boston. Um, mm-hmm. Or, yeah, okay, actually, if you're getting to spe- specific, that would be the low point. Um, but also the, um, I don't know, there's three years, 2013 to 27, four years, 17, that were just, they just kind of sucked. And it's weird because they made the playoffs. Uh, they made the playoffs for one of those years. Um, but I don't like that series. I don't like those that era uh thank goodness they're out of it now but i could probably say both the low point and high point are both within a three month span in spring of 2011 so that's fine nice. yeah that's fair um now i want to ask when do you guys think what moment uh or roughly if you're averaging moments when do you think canada sports peaked over the last decade and i'm not not at all talking 
hockey, but I'd, obviously you're oh. going to consider it. The golden goal? Yeah, I, yeah, I had the golden goal as well. Really? Yeah. But, okay, as as one, if you ha- okay, sorry, maybe I should have reworded that. As one moment, I'd maybe agree with you, but don't you think everything that's kind of happened in the past year or so? What do you mean? Kind of outweighs that. Uh, like, Raptors, um, Andrescu, you could even go back to... Oh, so we're, yeah, we're, okay. we're going to talk oh, about all the sports. I thought, no, I, I thought mean, it was specific to hockey. No, I said, no. Okay. Um, all sports. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the I would, past year has been pretty extraordinary. But I, I would still argue that everything with the 2010 Olympics was extraordinary. Yeah, for this that country, was fun. Right? Especially, like, right at the end when Canada just was railing in gold medals. Like, that was extraordinary. So, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, that's that's Olympics, though. Like, you're... Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair, it, fair I don't enough. know. If we want to get like into specifics, didn't want to <laughs> like, real the nitty-gritties, like, yeah. you know, we're going to start dividing it down because then does Toronto's big success over the past, like, year with the Raptors and everything, is that, like, really encapture all of Canada and yeah. all the sports fans? I th- yeah, I feel like... Like Toronto, like the Raptors winning was like, and it brought like the nation together. Yeah, I agree. More, that's I think... why it's like we ha- we talked in one of our classes about like if the Leafs won the cup versus if if the Raptors won the championship, what would be bigger? I think maybe the celebration in Toronto would be bigger if the Leafs won the cup. But I think as a whole, the Raptors winning the championship brings the entire country together. It's it fair. wasn't specific to just Toronto. Uh, okay. I'm going to sidetrack myself, but do you? If Toronto was in, if the Leafs were in the Stanley Cup Finals, and I, I think I know both your answers, but would you guys cheer for them? No. No, why is that? I would. I, I never get the whole, like, I, well, I have I to would. cheer for a Canadian team thing. It's like... I No, I just, I think, like, aside from... Well, it's, but it's um, easy because there's no, there's no bitterness or, or like, animosity yeah, between... Yeah, there, there's no between animosity between with the Toronto. I, I would, Toronto, not as much Toronto. as either your teams, but there's always something well, yeah, there like, with Toronto. Why. But I think when, aside from... Um, you know the kinds of uh, I don't want to point fingers. We're, we're but aside from the, the kinds of fans, do, don't you don't you think Toronto's story is kind of cool? Everything going on. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, because Andrescu and, and the Raptors and all that stuff, it would be cool. No, I mean and the, the Leafs. The story. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like okay. the Leafs adding being added to that list, it's cool in and of itself. But that doesn't mean I would. It. I can step back after and say, okay, that was a cool story on its own. But I would never ever cheer for for the Leafs like okay, that's I would. just I would I there's but, few teams I would cheer for over them in the finals uh okay moving well, on yeah well no but anyway anyway um what are your and you know reasonable expectations for the next 10 years uh well I sort of suppose mine all hinges on the draft lottery in April because that could go one of two ways. Either we get moved down a bunch of spots and we draft like crap and the Senators end up stagnating for another decade or they have some lottery balls fall their way and boom. And I guess it all depends if the man upstairs, big EM, decides to sell. (laughs) That could certainly change the course for the Senators. But again, there's a lot of variables with Ottawa. Ownership. Uh, a new arena could potentially be in the works. Uh, they've been talking about rebranding forever. Um, and obviously on ice, the team, it all depends on the lottery. So there's a lot of variables with Ottawa. Reasonably what I expect, I expect maybe a little bit of luck in the lottery. We get you know a couple of players, especially with uh, having two picks, probably in the top 10, that we get a couple of players that are big cornerstones going forward. Yeah. And uh, I guess arena, rebranding, all that really nice stuff that i want all sort of depends on mr em 
and what he decides to do. So like he who must not be named. He now? who must not be named. Okay. Yeah, I won't. Uh, I won't say it. Pat. Um, just quickly, I do have Tankathon ready to go. If when you want to run that, we're simulator. gonna run that at the end. Yeah. Okay. Um, as for Montreal, what do I see ahead? I just wrote mediocrity. Um, <laughs> but that depends on whether or not Bergevin decides to sell, and actually sell and be a man. And maybe the maybe if they start losing a bit more, the lottery balls will fall in their favor. The draft is in Montreal, so um, who do you want to see go if they sell? Um, I mean, I don't want to see Tatar or Petrie go because they're good hockey players and they're fun to watch. But those players would get you a lot. Um, but yeah, it just depends on the direction they go. Um, and I like I've been saying for so long, if you're going to contend with Price and Weber, you have to do it now. And but they're not going to. And if you're going to build around the core, the young core that they have, you have to sell and get get younger assets so um i don't think they're going to do either i think they're going to be a team that makes the playoffs here and there maybe wins a playoff series but consistently kind of uh i don't know middles about like every time they go on a little bit of a streak they lose five win four like it's just the kind of team they are um they're good and being good is kind of bad because you're not great and you're not bad to get a good pick so um fair enough me yeah um, well, a little bit more positively, Vancouver is going to win a cup. I okay. think that's a pretty okay. fair <laughs> assumption. Uh, no, but I'm not actually kidding. I think that's a reasonable expectation for the next... Um, I even think 10 years is too much time. Um, by that point, I think like the whole it's a decade. cycle of the team will be over. Um, no, but I, I think like if you look at who they have now, um, they don't have anyone huge coming up, but uh they have they have enough support i think it'll be interesting what happens this summer and next summer but i they, ha- they have some prospects they do i can beg i can kind of see the monitor in the reflection of the window and i didn't know what was going on until i saw but like so like put cool. coles and how do you see someone like put coles and fitting in do you because he was a he's a prospect that like a lot of people yeah uh, were debating. but he's he's not going to be a quinn hughes he's no, obviously he's, but. he'll be a solid top four defenseman yep. um so i don't think he's going to change the team at all but he's going to come in uh and support i think uh i don't know someone like coglander as well um wait defenseman is that was a guy that played for Sweden. Who? Is Podkolzin not a winger? Podkolzin's a winger. Yeah, oh. who... No, oh. you said... Oh, oh okay. did I? Yeah, it's... No, uh, sorry, yeah, I meant no, it's just... Okay, it's okay, it's okay. As in, you know, like... I mean, they've actually had it the past three years. Besser... Uh, maybe I shouldn't say Besser anymore. Uh, I don't really want to talk about that. But Pedersen and Hughes, like, they come in... Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, uh, they come in. I did say top four defenseman. Why did I say top four defenseman? Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think they have anyone else like that coming up, and I don't. And I think that'd be too much to ask. Like, the past few years have been uh, phenomenal, and I think I think they've got good things coming their way. Um, do we want to brush quickly on? Because our our last show before we took the break, we talked about um, our specific teams, what prospects uh, they have representing their countries at the World Juniors, as well as our World Junior predictions um for montreal it, we saw matthias norlander cole caulfield uh jordan harris alexander romanov uh vancouver had hoglander and put ottawa had shane pinto uh lassie thompson and 
Bernard, Bernard Docker. Bernard Docker. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if we want to quickly comment on some of the you, you, performances. You forgot about other notable Ottawa prospects, Quentin Byfield and Alexi Lafreniere. No, okay. I'm joking. Um, hopefully. Anyways, uh, yeah, I was pretty impressed uh, with the play. Very surprised, but yeah. impressed with the play of Shane Pinto at the World Juniors. He was uh, one of the go-to players for the United States. Sort of played his way onto the team. He wasn't exactly um, expected to be on there at the beginning of the year um, as like a fly-on-the-wall second-round pick by Ottawa. But Ottawa clearly saw something there, and the pick looks pretty good so far with Shane Pinto, who was drafted number 32 last year, first pick of the second round. He was very impressive, one of the power play players for the United States. Uh, I was a little disappointed with Lassie Thompson on Finland, who was their captain. Finland didn't do great in the tournament, and Lassie Thompson just didn't look as explosive as he has uh, in Finland this year. He's pretty much known for having just a bomb of a shot and being a decent puck mover, and he felt pretty flat at the World Juniors, so hopefully he can rebound a bit. And Bernard Docker was was solid solid for Canada. He was solid. Um, Luke, do you want to touch on uh, Hoglander or Colson? I don't know. I'm like I, like I said, uh, I'm. I don't really. I don't know. It's kind of bad to say. I don't really pay as much attention to. No, it's fine. Uh, this stuff than others. I I think obviously Hoglander uh, is going to be super fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, same thing though. I don't think anyone uh, is going to change the team. But no, that's it's something to look forward to. Yep. Um, put Colson again. That one. He's more. Uh, he has. He's more controversial. With, yeah, with his that was gonna. Style. Yeah, well, and I mean, up until and I don't know upside. a few months before the, the before the draft, he was projected way higher, and yep. then he drops, and that can be either a good thing or a bad thing. So I don't know. We'll see. I I really like uh, put Colson, and I liked. I really liked his tournament as well. He was all over the place. Um, for Montreal. Um, Norlander was an overager when they picked him in 2018. He's had like flashes. I didn't really watch a lot of Sweden's games, if I'm being honest. Um, <clears throat> Jordan Harris performed as well as I thought someone of his ability would perform. Um, the two that people had their eyes on, uh, specifically Cole Caulfield, he two things. Um, Scott Sandlin, that was brutal coaching. Um, Cal, uh, Turcotte playing on the third line as a left winger. You know, Zgras on the fourth yeah, line. Kaliev was the thirteenth forward. Um, he he set, he set the team up, which was a really strong USA team in a position to fail. That being said, I don't blame him entirely for Caulfield's shortcomings. Uh, even when I did see Caulfield, I didn't think he looked good. He wasn't around the ice. Um, so it can be both. Uh, Romanov, of course, very impressed with him. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought US. I had higher hopes for um, for the states coming into the tournament but canada won so it's, it's yeah so we're happy pretty good so we're happy yeah bunch of canadians cool. uh, um speaking of prospects um lafreniere byfield the or lafreniere stutzla depending on who you ask i know button had stutzla at number two i think craig button's the only one that has stutzla at number yeah. two um i feel like people yeah anyway um how important is it to draft for position, and do you always, always, always take the best player available? What do you guys think? You should never draft for position. I'm sorry. I agree. I'm sorry, fan of Team GM by <laughs> Mark Bergevin. <laughs> you should absolutely never draft for a position. It doesn't make it sense. Al- like, it doesn't make sense. You take the best player available. That means you don't take Jesperi Kotkaniemi at number three. I'm sorry. You take Brady Kachuk. 
Brady Kachuk, it looks fine, but uh, Quinn Hughes would. Yeah, I, what if Montreal took Quinn Hughes? Yeah, I was. Like what if I've been when I made my draft rankings that year? I said I had Quinn Hughes and then I had Kotkaniemi, but I didn't have Kachuk or Zadina. Has even got more points. But than that's Kotkaniemi the thing is like this year does. I feel like that's yeah he does, but I feel like that's specific to the team because Montreal has wingers. They have Suzuki and Caulfield and and Gallagher and and Drew and players that can play on the wing. I wouldn't feel the need to add Zadina to that, despite him being that good. But I also, I feel like... Yes, but if Zadina can be better than all those guys you just named, wouldn't you still like to have that? I think the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs have proven you can't have enough good wingers, right? Yeah, that's... More, yeah, but like I, I'm good looking... forward depth, the better. But if you go... Okay, if you go through every single draft year and you look at all the teams that picked the best winger available... Not not first overall, say, but with in the middle, over a center like with 2014, Dal Cole, Vertan, and Ehlers, Richie Fiala, Perlini, Vrana, and then Julius Honka, and then at 15 was Larkin. Like the only, and then well, Nylander was picked there. The only one who you could say is better than but all those would be Nylander. In general, that's just a terrible draft, right? Okay, 2015, Lawson Kraus, Jake DeBrusque, Dennis Grianov, Jacob uh, Jakobs Borrell, and then Senishin, who Boston took. Both of those, 16 was Barzil. 2018, like the same thing. Jesse Pulviarvi was seen as like the. But again, complete... I, I don't think that's so much the center position with the case with Barzal. I think everybody just thought Barzal was too small. That was a big thing. Uh, I think uh, Corey Pronman had like Barzal as like his fifth best player in that draft or something like that. And Barzal is six. He's six feet. It, it, yeah, but it was like the he's very thin and lanky, like how uh, Patterson. Yeah, like Patterson was right. Yeah. Just, there's a concern. Anyway, I, I just I feel like in a situation you, you it's it's not terrible to pick pick a center. Centers are passed up, which was the next point, but we're already here. Like centers are passed up so frequently. Like Pierre Luc Dubois, like Pouliot was seen as like the perfect complete winger, and Columbus saw a need at center with Pierre Luc Dubois. Okay, I over think Pouliot. I think it it's very case by case. It totally depends on how many spots you are moving. Uh, said position player up or where in the draft you are i think um, yeah if you're doing it in the top five that's silly yeah like you know every year or most years you'd hope there's gonna be um there's gonna be a few like very select few that are just elite right like there's those players that you know some people even say like they'll be happy with any of them and like i'm sure you would be but Aside, like in those in that grouping, I don't think you'd want to you'd want to take a a guy who you think is going to fit better for your team at risk of losing someone who's. I can pretty I can listen good. to a draft by position take outside of the first round. Like I can sure. hear that out. Yeah, that's fine. But anywhere, I you know what I can literally almost hear it after like pick twenty five or something. But when you're in the top ten or the top five, I like you are playing a dangerous game if you're drafting for position that early so i agree so yeah that year although <clears throat> a, an old tweet thank you kyle cushman resurfaced where i put zadina first and then hughes and then cocky man is our stats team yes thank you kyle for making me look like an idiot but um i feel like the comparison of hughes now i will be clear i really wanted hughes he addresses a need he was the better pick in hindsight and the better it's pick now good. that being said though you can't say that Kachuk or Zadina or whoever are better than Kakimi right now when none of them, not all of them are in the NHL. Uh, I think that one guy went to the AHL. Sorry, um, sorry. So, um, could, uh, can you, sorry, can you clarify that? No. 
No? No, okay. no. All right, no worries. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy time Because you Did you here. just say uh, Kotkaniemi? You know what? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, anyways. Anyways. But point, okay. But in all, serious, in all seriousness, you can't compare them all right now. No, you still need a bit more time. You need time. time, and I do think there's a possibility that Kotkaniemi could be the better <sighs> hockey player than Brady Kachuk. I think it's a possibility. You can't rule that out now and mm. say for a fact that it's not going to be a... I don't know. I anything's still think, a possibility. Yeah, anything's a possibility, but I still think if you ask most people who were scouting experts in that draft year, they would have told you Brady Kachuk was going to be a better hockey player than Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Well, a lot of... Okay, well, a lot of and scouting experts had him right at seven or eight. Pat, if you... If, Correct, yeah. If you could choose... Um, free of charge to either keep Kotkaniemi or swap with Brady Kachuk, what would you do right now? Because Montreal doesn't have any centers and they haven't had one since Koivu, who even at that point was like a high-end second-line center, I'm keeping I'm keeping the center. I'm keeping Esperi Kotkaniemi. Would I, would I swap him for Quinn Hughes? Absolutely. 100%. Okie dokes. All right. Um, I need like a... Is that... Are you going to clip that or something? I need... <laughs> what I needed was like a zoom up of Luke's face like it's on the program right now as Pat was saying Again, that. I if, I, if we had I somebody cannot, in here working the cameras. Program. Camera's right up there. <laughs> Hello. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys were aware, he yep. is 19. <sighs> oh boy. Like, okay. like Kachuk went in and was playing top six power play minutes. He's already filled out he's he's yeah but even K- brady kachuk's underlings are very very strong whereas Jesperi kakinami has been like diabolical this year at both ends of the yeah days. i'm not i'm not saying he's had right. a good year I, I would be the first to admit he hasn't played but it, well. like even if you look at this year brady kachuk it, like uh brady kachuk's got like no teammates with him right and he's he's driving well, like his own lines yeah you could argue the same for kakinami he's playing with jordan wheel and nick cousins and matthew pekka and dale weiss he hasn't played top six at all he gets 10 seconds of power play time a game like the difference is i'm not i'm not denying that that kachuk's line mates aren't good i know they aren't but the difference is kachuk is a had already filled out it's easier for wingers to come in he's a year older and he went into top six power play minutes yes barry kakinami went into third line with with ahl or very low quality nhl wingers that's the difference so right now that's what i'm saying is like you can't compare the two you have to wait five years when kachuk is more established when kakinami is more established I don't know. I feel like we can do like a whole hour yeah, show on we this one. Definitely could. Um, we every we're every not, week we're, we're, we'll we're, we're going to agree to disagree right now. We'll yeah, circle okay. back and ask: Is Kotkaniemi good yet? How we'll try that? this again in a decade. We'll uh, yeah, I, I will give Kotkaniemi one thing: one leg up on Kachuk. He's uh, he's got more points than him in the AHL. Yeah, <laughs> take that, man. There you go. <laughs> um, to the next thing, if we still want to be on prospects or um, yeah, young players who go are ahead. nineteen. Or younger than 19 or older than 19, doesn't matter. Um, Lafreniere, Byfield, that's been the discussion. Who do you guys have number one? It seems to be the consensus is Lafreniere. Yeah. Um, there are people out there who think Byfield should go number one. What do you guys think? Uh, for me, it was always going to be Lafreniere's spot to lose, and he's done nothing but show growth this year and he hasn't really lost that spot he's done he's done nothing to lose that spot lose the right to be the number one overall pick so i think until something crazy like that happens he's got to be the first overall pick to me yep but Uh, i think 
stuff like Craig Button does, where he puts Stutzel ahead of Byfield. Like, Byfield, like Lafreniere is the clear-cut number one. Byfield is the clear-cut number two. And then there's the rest. Like, I think something like what Craig Button did is just, like, literally clickbait stuff. Like, to me, that's just ridiculous. It's the same thing when uh, Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet put Okay, well, Capo Sam Cosentino is not... Yeah, but he put Capo Caco at number one last year. And, you know, everybody knows. Not because he thought Capo Caco was better. It's because he was doing it for clicks. And... There were a lot of people at Ka- who there were a lot Sam Cosentino at the end of the day is very similar to I Craig think, Button. I, think I don't the, think so at all. I, I think, think the Caco Hughes um, divide was much smaller than this year's. Uh, I think most people. Would yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think a that, lot. But. I think a lot of people had Caco pretty high. Some people mm-hmm. had him, but sure. I wouldn't compare. Like Craig Button, he, yeah, he says some stuff, and maybe some some stuff. of his rankings are are a little whack. But I don't think he's comparable to Sam Cosentino. Like Craig Button at the end of the day still knows his stuff. Sam Cosentino, like I don't know. So anyways, back to this year's draft pat. Okay, yeah. Um Luke, Lafreniere, by No, I don't have much to say. I um yeah, I agree with Nick Lafreniere. Um okay, well if we want to keep talking about this year's draft, we want to move on to the all star game. Um we'll get there. Keep go ahead. But yeah, no, this this is an interesting draft for sure. It's very forward heavy. Um I've been trying to work out my top ten, but it's very difficult. Um but I would. I also have Lafreniere um, going first. I don't think um, he's that far ahead of Quinton Byfield, and I think the whole World Junior thing for Byfield. I feel like that's not really a fair evaluation of him. He barely played. He's also a year younger. Um, Correct. Yeah. The, no. That was the big thing for me. You can't say, "Oh, look how much better Lafreniere is," because this was Lafreniere's second World Junior tournament. And he's the full year older, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's about it. All right, All Star Weekend, Nick. Did you guys like All Star Weekend? No, I I did. Yeah, you know, it, I okay, always Pat, like Pat, what weekend. specifically didn't you like about it? Um, well, I didn't watch it. Well, that. <laughs> so, all right, well, um, that no, might but be like, it. I don't, I don't enjoy the All Star Game, and I don't enjoy. When was the last time you did watch it? Like, sat down and 20, paid attention to it. Probably twenty ten. So why don't you try again? Yeah. I no, I watched no, I watched I watched no, no, sorry, I lied, I lied. I watched one of the three on threes whenever that was introduced, whether it was two years ago, whenever they first introduced three on three, I watched that one. But I I watched part of the skills competition, got bored, turned it off, watched the three on three in the background. But like, I don't know, I don't, I find it boring. I find the skills competition boring. I feel like the players, um, and they keep adding gimmicks. Like before, they had the actual targets that they had to shoot. Then they had like the virtual no, I target. Agree with that. And like, that's really well. We're, getting, we're gonna get to that point. It seems like it's getting gimmicky, but um, I've just never. I think it's been cool inter- that they're trying stuff. I've just yeah, but that's just like a personal thing. I've never liked watching it. Um, um, okay, so I am a big sucker for like I don't know if Ottawa or Montreal does it, but they'll like post um, YouTube videos of. Like behind the scenes on a road trip or in the locker room or something. Yeah, Ottawa does I, some of that stuff. I love seeing players' yeah. personalities. Um yep. I think it's really cool. I love mic'd up videos. Uh, so I I prefer. Well, I don't prefer. I like watching the All Star or the Skills Competition more than the game itself. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the Skills Competition is just fun to watch. I don't really care about. Uh, I don't really care about the events as much. Um, but I can say, a few years ago when. Um, what was it called? The penalty shot challenge? Oh, like the breakaway, breakaway challenge. challenge. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, with all the personality in that, that was awesome. Patrick Kane, and Superman. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, eh. I'm on the side that the NHL has, uh, 
the least personality out of uh, North American sports. And yeah. I think that was one of the few things they did that added personality. And then uh, naturally they got rid of it. So that's kind of unfortunate, but I <laughs> still like do. it. I think it's fun. Um, the All-Star game itself, I wish, and I can't blame them for not trying, but it's, you can def. I mean, if you watch hockey, you can 100% tell they're just kind of out for a skate. Right. Um, I don't like that. I don't know if you wanted to, if people wanted, like if they wanted to add uh, implications on it as like the MLB All-Star game or something, but um, that's... And it's it's weird if you look back at previous All-Star games, how intense it was. Like that was like a bitter rivalry and it was aggressive to see how 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 crazy it changed because over I, the years. Like how, well, how, they don't want to get injured, obviously. How old are you thinking? Like, uh, uh, who was it? Yeah, like I think... The players are just starting to realize it's pointless. There's no point in risking right. injury. Yeah. And so I don't have a solution to my complaint. I'm just saying I wish they tried. Yeah. Harder. At the end of the day, I, you know what? I just think Pat, Pat is right and wrong with what he said. Well, like I'm still gonna watch the All Star Game. Like I think most people are. It's still like an event to see. But there's no question that the NHLs is the worst. Um, like they are in most things, the worst out of the top. American or North American sports, um, the All Star Game especially really lacks any flair, personality that sort of I would say the NBA All Star Game is great, and it, it's great. It doesn't have any stakes to it, but again, it's fun. Um, the skills competition for the NBA, especially too, like things like the dunk challenge, like that's when players really show who they are and all yeah. that. And you know, the MLB All Star Game is good because that's players showing their abilities now one thing i think would be fantastic and i don't know if this could ever happen um i don't know how feasible this is but hear me out the mls all-star game major league soccer happens every i think august and what they do is they group the best players doesn't have to be one from each team represented but they get the best players in the league the fans vote on the entire team and they face a team from europe so they will face somebody like Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid recently they did, Bayern Munich. Those are like big European teams, and they face the best MLS players in a game. If the NHL were to try and strike an agreement with the KHL or somebody like that, you were to play the NHL All-Star game or All-Star team against the KHL All-Star team. That would be cool. That would be intense. I, that would make it tense. I would be on board for that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a much bigger ordeal, um, like league structure wise. But no, I think that'd be yeah. That be that's neat. that's how you bring intensity back for personality. I they would have to remodify a lot of the skills competition. Skill, yeah. The shooting yeah. stars event was cool because there is at least the image of the players walking through the stands to get up there's, to the targets. There's a lot of potential cool. with that one. I agree. Yeah, uh, they just have to redo the rules. I think like the yeah, targets have it. to be different. Like the big ten pointer thing was silly. Yeah. Um. Because yeah. everybody just shot for that. So I there's work they can do. To add, I don't like the NHL suspending a player one game for not attending. Like oh, well, I, I don't like that because hang on, hang on, because like Ovechkin decided not to go. And he got suspended one game. That's not fair. Like if players want, Correct. To, no, but eh, okay. Let me sorry. Oh, sorry. Because if players want to like rest their body, Ovechkin is not young. If he doesn't, if he wants to relax and have some sort of therapy day and just take care of his body, because the wear and tear of being an NHL player is not easy, he should be able to do that without having to sacrifice a regular season game. I I think taking care of your own body 
and missing an All-Star game is more important than pleasing the fans. I would have agreed with you up until I saw what Matthews did for this game. Yes, I, correct. I didn't correct. know that was an option. Sure. Matthews said, I'm not playing in the game. I will go to St. Louis, and he didn't get suspended. I think that's great. Like, that's really good on Matthews to kind of— yeah. Like that's that's I feel like there's a lot of parody there. The, like he's like I don't want to play the games. I don't want to participate because probably for what you're saying, like injuries or resting your body or whatever. Uh, but he went and he participated in all the off ice stuff. I think that was great. The other thing with that too, at the end of the day, you know, while hockey's a good sport and we all like watching it, the NHL is a business, and this is one of the biggest money makers for the National Hockey League, and they need all the stars there. That's without all the stars there. That makes this event pointless. That makes the all-star game, all the money they can make, they just can't have any of it. So no matter what, they're going to need the superstars there. So when you have one as high-profile as Ovechkin sit out every year, I think you need that punishment because at the end of the day, Ovechkin's just saying, I don't want to be part of your marketing scheme. That is the all-star game. He's therefore potentially losing the money. I get it. I don't. It, again, I don't like it. I like seeing the pl- good players play every night, but I get why the NHL does it. You have to look at hockey as a business. You have like, to look at the NHL like that. Like losing money, sure. But like, would anyone not go because one player sat out? I don't think. I think a lot. I think a lot of players enjoy going to the All Star game and enjoy no, being they, a part they of have the festivities. To set, they have to set the yes, boundaries. but you, you have to but like it's his own. Okay, but say you were going to go to the NHL All Star game. Who, who's your favorite player on the Habs, Pat? Uh, he, well, he's in the AHL. We're gonna so. send. We're gonna send. Yesperi <laughs> Kotkaniemi is going to the All Star game. Let's say Nick the Suzuki. NHL, the oh okay, God. the NHL has selected Nick Suzuki to go to the NHL All Star so game. So depressing. You're there. Shut you're up. ready. You're gonna buy your tickets. Okay, wait. Nick Suzuki doesn't want to play in the All Star game. He wants to take time to okay, heal some injury. He's a free human. You can make his own choice. Okay, and if he wants so to take care in, of his body, instead, he can do that. Instead, we're gonna send uh, John Jurin to the All Star game. Fine. Are you still gonna go? Yeah, <laughs> or no, I don't know. Like, yeah, I would, but like in general, I would. I wouldn't go to an All Star game unless it was like free. I wouldn't pay for that, okay, and but I wouldn't say, not go because a player didn't go. Ovi down to Oshi. That's a big drop off. Yeah. I know the Cavs fans like Oshi, but that's a big drop off. I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I don't think we can really determine how what like the ticket buying behaviors are for fans, and like, and I'm most of the people in attendance were probably in the St. Louis area. I, I'm i not really familiar with people flying out to go see the All-Star say, game. Say if I had the money and the resources to go to the All-Star game, I wouldn't have gone if Jean-Gabriel Peugeot was the Senator's representative. I probably would have gone if for Duclair or yeah. Kachuk. And I, I understand the business side. You have to entertain. You have to do all this stuff. But I feel like as an athlete, you still should be able to make your own decision if it's better for your own health or safety without sacrificing a game. Okay, I, I so think that's, if that's it's just for awesome. their health I, or safety, can they? why can't they just uh, take another take a game off? Well, because one game suspension. Well, because they because, they the game because, game because the people, players risk injury and they give it all during a regular season game or the playoffs. They play through insane injuries that they wouldn't risk at an all-star game that's just messing around and shooting pucks and stuff. Like, if they don't want to be there, they shouldn't. they should have the right to not be there. It's just a person. It's just we're, like, we're just not going to agree on this one. Is there anything you guys would do to fix the All Star game, like I posed earlier? They, I, this is this is a hot take. Um, I don't think uh, there should be a representative from every team. Yeah, I'd yep. be fine with that. Yeah, I would be mostly that. fine okay, with that. You need you need the best players, um, especially if we go with like the format I proposed earlier, where it's like a bigger 
um, event. I mean, if we're if they were to do that, they'd have to either like the KHL would have to say, okay, we'll do one from each team as yeah. well. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Actually. Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't disagree with that one. I mean, it sucks for like some fan base, but again, it's the marketing thing. I get why yeah. the NHL does it, and I don't. I mind I it. think, and I but I don't think it should be fan vote either. Um, I'm fine with fan vote for captains, I guess. Yeah. Because I, I guess that's what they did. Or this the last year. man in is fine too. Yeah, last man. Because but the NHL like pre-picks who you can vote for, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But I'm I like, uh, yeah. My ideal situation would be the uh, fan vote for captains, and then the NHL picks. Now, I guess the best players, we'll not one for me. Also, team. mention the bigger story of the weekend. Here's a break for Rebecca Johnston from Sudbury, and she scores. And Canada takes the early lead, and they have to make quick changes because there won't be a stop in play here except to drop. So for the first time in NHL All-Star Game history, there were the elite women's athletes from the Canada or from the Canadian national team and the United States national team. Uh, what did you guys make of the ladies at the All-Star Game? I thought it was great. Yeah. Like I'd... Pat, did you watch that? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't watch the All-Star Game. Okay. <laughs> So Pat didn't watch. Luke, did you did you enjoy the seeing the women play? Yes. Um I think I yeah, I don't really have any uh complaints. I think it was a, a great idea. One thing I would say is maybe like I just feel like they kind of wedged it into the um skills competition. Um right. I'm I I I don't know what the scheduling was or anything, but I don't know, maybe they could have given them uh like an actual game slot, but Regardless, that's awesome to see. That's a big step, and yeah, I think it's just gonna keep going up from from where it is. So yeah, no, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed seeing it mostly because it was fun to see actual competitive hockey on that weekend. You can yeah. tell both those uh, both teams really wanted to show. Yeah, like well. that was a it was a good regardless of men's or women's. That was a good game. So yeah, um, it was a good showing, and again, we're happy that Canada did win that too. But um, would you like to see other countries represented in the future at the for women? So like some Swedish athletes, some Finnish, and like you yeah. do like a mini tournament. Yes, uh, yes. I I don't know. Like yes, I'm not sure if they can do it at All Star Weekend. Um, I think again they should kind of get their own uh, platform because it just it felt a bit uh, crammed. But I don't yeah. I don't blame them. It makes sense for uh, the first time. Uh, but no, I'd, I'd love to see some sort of, I mean, they do have uh, championships and stuff, but I'd love to see some sort of fun little tournament like that. Maybe throw it in on the Sunday or something because they moved that around a few years ago. But Yeah, and overall, I thought it was a really good showcase of the talented women because uh, at the end of the day, I know a lot of people online were saying, oh, well, if you all like this, like you need to support the NWHL that already exists and blah, blah, blah. There's like a lot of fake support being thrown around, but... I mean, at the end of the day, this is like it that just doesn't get the same marketing and coverage that this event did because just because it's under the NHL umbrella. So I think it was good of the NHL and um, they did a really good job marketing the whole thing. And um, I tweeted out after um, like my own personal connection to it was like, for instance, I hadn't heard of a lot of the players. I just don't watch that much women's hockey, admittedly. Um and had never heard of the name Anne-René Debienne, Canadian goalie, but I'm never going to forget that now because of how awesome she was at the game. So good on the NHL for that, good on the women, and hopefully we get to see more of it soon. 
Would you go as far as to include them in the men's game the next day? I know that was a suggestion thrown around. Like Pat, a, you can chime in on this at too. At the same yeah. time? Yeah. I like that, like I like that idea. put them on the teams with them. I like Because that at idea. the end of the day, it's a scrimmage, basically. So, I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't See Sidney Crosby now, hit yeah. Marie-Philippe Poulin with a stretch pass. Yep. That'd be kind of cool. I Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that... I know there's a lot of concern that would go into that yep. from the NHL about injuries and all that, but that's something I think would be pretty cool. I'd like to see that. I'd like to at least try it, but I don't think the hockey men will ever go for it. Yeah, I think you're right. There's a lot, uh, a lot of things to work out for that. But no, yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. All right, uh, Patrick, you got anything else for us? Mm, uh, we had this was just filler if we didn't have time before we run the lottery simulator uh players calling out their team what do we think of that um matthew yeah so price I, uh, uh price has done it before jack eichel did it before when dan bilesma was the head coach um if not the team they would say something along the lines of we don't have our identity um sort of indirect comments like that what do we think about it good or bad um i don't i don't like it if uh and and i i never know the situation fans never know the situation but i don't like it if it's if they do it and that's the first that the team is kind of hearing of it um well how we wouldn't know unless like yeah, that's why they have closed doors meetings that's what so. i'm saying like i don't know but i'm just saying i <clears throat> i hope when players call it their team uh like players have i just i i i think it would be um, I'm all for it if it's like if it's kind of a team uh, consensus. But sometimes there are people that will just go into a post game interview and they they I don't think I've ever seen someone name names, but they get pretty yeah uh, finger pointy out there, and obviously that's never good. I I like it. Sorry, Nick. I'll... I I really like it. I am all for flair and all that. I think team. I I think players are definitely entitled to call out their teams, especially the stars when they're being dragged down by teammates so i'm all for it yep personally i i like it it happened um eichel did it and sometimes it's a wake-up call for the gm or the owner who may sort of be oblivious to that kind of stuff but what's really going on in the room and for a star player to say that something is wrong and indirectly kind of suggest that maybe it's a coach maybe it's <clears throat> maybe they need players coaches do it too coaches say i didn't have a lot of help tonight you know, like Claude Julian's made remarks about Montreal's defense, like pl- like players and coaches do that. And it can be a wake up to the GM or the owner to say, you know what, I need to surround my star players with better with better people. Maybe the room needs a shake up. Maybe it needs a new voice in the room. Um, stuff like that is important. All right. So I do like it. So uh, I think I want to do this weekly um, in the lead up to the draft lottery. Yeah. Um, we're going to run the simulator once at the end of each show. So, Pat, I will tell you when. Once or can, can I do we're it? We're going to run it once. Currently at number three, the Edmonton Oilers. And we have a winner. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL draft belongs to the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers have picked first overall three times in the national... I could do it because I don't have any skin in the game, but... It was a nice little throwback there to when the Edmonton Oilers pulled off the heist this century. 
and <laughs> got right. nowhere with Poor it. Poor Buffalo Sabres, how things could have been different for them. Is this showing up? It's on like the... yeah. So I'm gonna okay, put go. it live here for those video streaming. Our NHL draft lottery simulator from Tankathon. Yes. And today's winner. Ah. And the Buffalo Sabers have won the NHL draft lottery. They get the first overall pick. No, Minnesota jumps the seven. Minnesota Wild oh, jumps seven places. I, I and the Ottawa Senators that. come in third place, winning the third lottery. And Montreal came in ninth. Montreal comes ninth. So mm. Ottawa picks twice before where Montreal. Ha ha. Sorry, where was San Jose? I can't. The San Jose uh, pick is it. number eight. Okay. That's cool. but that belongs to Ottawa. Yep, I know. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Just making sure. Can we do um, it one more time? No, we're gonna do it once at the end of each show. I want to do it now. Once. So we coming up for anybody's teams. Anybody got anything they are looking forward to this week in hockey? No. Yes, <laughs> I do. As per usual, Vancouver's flying. Nothing, uh, nothing wrong out west. I think they're fourteen three and one in their last uh, eighteen. So I'm good. I'm that, vibing. That's pretty good. That's pretty. It's pretty good. You're right. It's that's not pretty bad. Good. Um, my main takeaway from the following week. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know about you guys. It's just. I, I was. Ah. Uh, uh, nah. That. Happened. Yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Well, I would like to say. Yeah. That there are some teams with some games in hand. On the Habs with just a couple points. Are, back. are you still hoping for the playoffs? Nope. Oh, you are. You I'm are doing opposite. this to say they could get more points than you. I don't like. They could get Lafreniere. It's possible. I don't like cheering for a tank. I do. It's awesome. Is it's it, kind of. It's it kind awesome? of when, when you're watching Montreal awesome, games though? now. Are you? Are you sad when Montreal scores? No, no, because it's cool when like when someone like Suzuki scores or someone young, and it's a cool goal. Fine, but I I want I want them to lose at this point. But so when you're watching games, you're cheering for Montreal to lose. Yeah. Well, no matter what happens, nobody's catching the Detroit Red Wings. Well, yeah, you can't sell your soul points. like that. Like Detroit's- Ottawa is still twenty points or eighteen points ahead of them, but we'll have more tank talk next week on Take to Take. Thank you for joining us this week, and we will catch you all next time. Thanks for tuning in.